Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Ryan? Audible.com, a leading hey, provider Ryan. of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, Leapers. Welcome to my show as I'm trying to get my headset on. Sorry, folks. Uh, this is Errol McLinden, and this is Leap. This is a show that I've been doing for six months, and it is for people who are taking a leap, people who are in the midst of a leap. Uh, people who are afraid of a leap. Uh, my background is that I am a life coach and a project coach in Chicago. I've been doing that for three, four years now. This last year, I have specifically been working with people who are, um, I call myself a project coach or a, man, or a mindset coach, uh, because what I do is I, I contract with people for a year to um put together a project and I have lavender farmers, I have musicians, I have directors, I have filmmakers. I sound like I have multiples of those. I actually have one of each. I have eight clients that I work with for a year. But what I do is I challenge people to take that leap, to leap take that step that they have always wanted to take. Uh, uh, and then I also encourage them to take even bigger leaps than they might ordinarily. Uh, this is my last show in this broadcast. I am now contracted with uh, two schools, Dominican University and with Indiana uh, University Medical School to work as an instructor coach and putting together programs for those. And that's just taking up a lot of time. So I'm going to open this space up for someone else. And uh, this is an interactive program, so if you do have any questions, comments, or would like to uh, have some coaching on, on air, let me know. The number is 646-716-9397. And if you are listening to this after the fact, this is an archived broadcast. Or you can reach me at my email address, errol.mclinden at gmail.com. And uh, I do respond to everybody. So let me know uh, what you thought of the show. And uh, if you have any projects that you're working on, I'm not taking on any new clients, so I won't try and upsell you or market to you in any way. But I love hearing about projects that you're working on, and it might I absolutely might work in tandem with someone else I'm working with. So I always like to be the, the linchpin that puts together two people. Uh, today on my broadcast, Brian, are you there? I am, Errol. Oh, great. Good, good, good. That makes it much easier to know that I've got someone to interview now. Uh, Brian Sly is uh, the owner of Emblem Media, and uh, Brian and I go back several years. I'll have to re be reminded of of when we first got together, but uh, I wish I could take oh, eight, credit for it. How long? I think it's been eight, if not uh, at least seven. I know that for a fact. Yeah, when did we first run across each other I had graduated from Columbia and was interning on my first feature film and you were acting in it uh, Eye of the Sandman so whenever that came out oh my goodness I 
Yes, yes. Uh, it's on Amazon.com, guys. That's a, sh- a shameless plug, but it's a fun, campy project that we shot at a mansion uh, out in near Downers Grove in a cold winter, but it is a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. That, that does fly by. Yeah, I just uh, I just got that that video because I needed some pieces off of that. And Brian actually helped me uh, do that. Brian runs a, a media company. Uh, he is my go-to guy. He has been uh, for auditions. He shot a um, uh, a training video that I did for a, a group of nurses. Uh, he's helped me get things together for pieces off of things that I've shot. So he does a little bit of everything, and I'll let Brian tell you more about that as we go along. I wish I could take credit for Brian's success. I have nothing to do with it whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, But I asked Brian to be on the show. What's that? I can take credit? I said you can Uh, still take credit. That's fine. That's wonderful, wonderful. I'll I'll do that from here on out. Um, But Brian is a true entrepreneur uh, in terms of starting this company. So, uh, Brian, I'll just start out. Uh, talk to me about the, the what you did in starting up this company. What motivated sure. you to do that? Well, I did what a lot of Columbia College graduate, graduates did. Um, it seems like when graduating from uh, Columbia College, Chicago, through the film and video department, there were so many of us. Either we moved to L.A. to keep working in films or – we stayed local and started our own company, freelancing, or we got a job doing something completely different. And in talking with a lot of classmates over the over the years, it seems like the, the ones that stayed local usually aren't working in the field anymore. It's been almost eight, nine years now um, since graduating. And what I did right after graduation was I took a job um, producing videos, but for an education company. Mm-hmm. And so while I was still in the field, I wasn't totally happy. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I didn't feel like there's enough creativity. So uh, about three years ago, I decided that it, I had enough. I was tired of commuting almost four hours a day oh. and, uh, you know, decided to, to take the plunge and start my own company. What were the initial fears? Money, <laughs> first yeah. and foremost. I, uh, you know, I had a lot. I've got loans. I mean, luckily I had support from my family, um, so I wasn't burdened with the majority of student loans that most students have to. But I also wasn't very financially smart while I had a full-time job, <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, and it's it's funny. I'm laughing I, because I back, at my ripe old age, I haven't been fiscally or financially smart either so uh that's, that's another story I, I need coaching on that all the time um it's it's interesting because it's like not like i would spend a ton of money but i just never seem to have enough for for moving forward where you catch up you, you go back you catch up you go back and what i found the hardest was when i quit my job i didn't really have any savings i just for for me, for my sanity, for my health, um, for my relationships, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And um, luckily, you know, the company I quit from, they were they were pretty good and and gave me 
kind of a three-month transition period to where I could earn part-time work, uh, working for them while I built a client base and got some things going. And then when that was done, I, uh, a friend of mine had a company as well that I did, you know, 10 hours a week or so just uh, helping him out. So I had a little bit of cushion. I didn't have a savings. I didn't have um, uh, really anything ready to kick off the the company. I just was like, oh, you know, I'm ready to to move off on my own and clients come find me. Good. Um, Yeah, when I talk to clients, a lot of times the initial conversation does start with if time and money were no object, what would you be doing? Because those are the two issues that are the most uh, challenging and, and they become the biggest roadblocks. Money primarily. I mean, it's a very frightening thing to take that step. If you can do a transition, did you set the three months or did your company or was it a mutual agreement? uh, They countered. When I kind of put in my two weeks and said, hey, I'm done, they countered and offered a small bonus to stay for for three months because they were were in need of help. Good. I mean, that's a lovely situation. I'm also not a big advocate of a a, a part-time job can sometimes be a, a big hindrance in terms of you end up spending more time, and you probably know this over those three months, spend more time um, working that job that you could be moving further faster if it were put in on your own work. Um, so absolutely, that's that's a good thing, but it was also very good that it had a, a closing date on it so that you were sort of kicked out of the nest at some point. Um, right. So, yeah, time and, and time is a big thing as well. Um, of course, as a, a small business owner, you have unlimited time now because you can set your own hours, right? <laughs> but, well, you, you can. I'm laughing because you, you can set your own hours, but it's also difficult when you're starting off on your own because there's no checks and balances. You can tell yourself, if I get up at 6 o'clock, I, you know, I'm going to work till noon, I'm going to take a five-minute lunch, and I'll work till, you know, 8 o'clock tonight. And then before you know it, you know, Facebook and YouTube have kicked in, three hours yeah. have gone by, different, different distractions. Um, you know, if you work from home, you may have animals, you may have kids. Uh, there, there's different distractions that can take away from that time. So... While most people clock in, you know, their eight-hour day, the eight hours might be split up over 14 hours for someone right. first starting off. Working at, at 2 in the morning and things like that, I I, uh, mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. I, I found a few kindred spirits. I know that their emails are going to come back to me at 2 in the morning, even if I write them at <laughs> 10 in the morning. So uh, you have children, right? I do not. I have uh, you don't three have animals. I do not, no. So that that helps open up space a little bit. I have a a good friend uh, who started a lavender farm, but she actually, uh, what prompted her was the last child going to school. So she suddenly had all this time on her hand and and hands and sitting down. Uh, I don't know if it could have happened prior to that because once you, if children are in the house and you're in the house, no matter how much you try to to isolate an office or a space, and yours is yours is a lot of going out on location and things of that sort, isn't it? It is. And, you know, what's funny is that I had a business partner before I formed Emblem Media. I had a, uh, a 
another company part-time while I worked full-time just to kind of get out there and, and dabble in the space a little bit. And when I quit my job, my business partner had, I think he had two kids at the time, and he's got three now. And it just, when we would meet once a week to, to kind of go over projects, one kid was either screaming, another one was running around, <laughs> and, and it, it was such a distraction that I told myself, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, Business people with first. kids, though, sometimes don't hear that. They're not even aware of it, and, and don't write me or email me, guys. I'm, I'm not putting it down. It's just like <laughs> I'm amazed sometimes that I can work with people, uh, clients with, with children in the room, and, and they're distracting to me because I don't have children, but they are sort of numb or immune to it, and that, that's great. Um, so you – what was your degree in from school? It was a bachelor in arts for film and video. Arts for film and video. And what did you design your company to be? Did it have a mission statement or a focus when you started it? Not really. I didn't have a business background. I didn't take any business classes. I had one uh, a year internship at Columbia's Entrepreneurship Center. Before I even started that, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur was. Um, it, you know, I think I have maybe two uncles or aunts and uncles in my whole extended family that have done business on their own. The rest of the family has been, you know, very blue-collar government workers, um, manufacturers. So it it was a whole new world to me to to branch out and, and figure out business. So I did a lot of things wrong the first year, um, but it also made me realize how much I was missing and how much I didn't know. So I had to branch out and get uh, get training and the business side while trying to, trying to run a business. So um, so that was kind of the, the start of it was trial and error. Great. And so where did you find those resources to help you with business? Well, the best thing that happened was that I had a home office. And when yeah. you're working by yourself all day, you don't meet a lot of people. And I realized how much I missed collaborating. So I started networking and just getting into different groups, seeing what groups worked, what ones didn't, what was really out there, what information other people had about business that I didn't know. And I came across um, a couple different groups that I stayed with for a long time that really gave me the focus and to, to sit down and, and plan out the business more strategically from the beginning, even though I was a year, year and a half in. Yeah. That's how we got back together, actually, I guess, was at the networking event. The, that's, that's right. It, it was. It was in Andersonville. Andersonville, great Wednesday event. I haven't been in a long time uh, because my my uh, business has sort of gone a little different direction. At that point in time, I was working with nurses and caregivers, uh, the transgender community. I think that's an LGBT group, and uh, it was perfect for my my marketing at that point. And on the beginning of last year, I did more one on one, just personal contacting of people. Uh, so that brings me to marketing. How do did you market yourself, or how do you now? Initially, very poorly. <laughs> I uh, I didn't know how to to talk to people. I didn't know, 
you know, when you're in an office, um, you, you go through school, you learn on, you do collaboration on projects, you're forced to work with other people, and even at a full-time job, sometimes you're stuck in a cubicle all day, not really talking to anybody. Or if you are, um, at least in my job, I had not only video work, I was doing tech support, I had a lot of other things uh, on my plate. So when I had to go out and market myself, I didn't know how to to tell people what I did, other than I'm. I produce videos, and most of the time the response was, oh, so you shoot weddings. <laughs> and, and early on it was like, yes, I do, but I do more. But I, I realized that most of the, the prospects I talked to couldn't get past the fact that I, I shot weddings, even though I said I did other things. That's what that's how they viewed me. And I didn't want to be viewed as a wedding videographer because I knew that wasn't a long-term solution for me. Um, right. it, it was good to cover the bills, but um, over time I worked on developing more of a pitch and who I was and, and what I could do for them. And now when I talk to people, it's not about what the company is or what the company does. It's more about how I can help them. Yeah. That's that's a great point. I often talk to people in terms of selling ideas, not selling a product. It's tough for entrepreneurs, I think, especially if we are coming from an artistic background. A lot of times we don't have that business. The last thing we want to do is sell. Uh, I have uh, every one of my clients, even one that has uh, craft projects, uh, products, has a, a uh, customized uh uh, I'm just going to blank on the word, coasters and wine charms and things like that. She's an artist. She doesn't know how to get out or doesn't feel comfortable getting out and selling. She's got an Etsy page and things like that. But it is a very big challenge, and it's always, if you can make that shift in your mind to having a product and ideas that are going to solve someone else's problem, um, and just going into it with that perspective, a lot of times that helps. It sounds like that's sort of the the uh, the idea because I know I've just thrown things at you and you've run with them and done a, a great job with it. So the creativity is there. Uh, it's just getting that across and getting over that hurdle of I have to go sell me. Um, I think human right. nature is it fights us to feel egotistical or look at me, look how wonderful I am, but it's required. Um, and a good shift on that is actually, look, this is how I can help you. This is the idea. So how do you market yourself now? Well, now I feel like I have an identity. For the longest time when I was talking to, to different companies, I didn't feel like I really had an identity. I didn't believe in myself or what I did because there were so many competitors. I didn't know how to get past the the ones that are undercutting and pricing, even if I was doing a more detailed job, I didn't know how to get past that. So now mm -hmm. the identity is in the strategy side, that yes, we still as a company do full productions, we still um, you know, shoot commercials and training videos and product videos and, and all of that, but what we found over the last six or nine months was a lot of frustration from from different businesses to where they either didn't have help at the beginning or they didn't have help at the end. They didn't know how to market the video when it was done 
or their messaging was off from the very beginning and it was too uh, center focused on them as a business and not how they could help their customers. So my identity as Emblem Media is a, is a full scope company that is strategic in messaging and marketing and designing a way to get past the, the typical YouTube problem of a business getting online and you know, I'll check in with them a few months after the product is done and they still have the same amount of views. There, there's nothing yeah. really designed around it. So that's what my identity is. It's now strategic video. Right. So you take it from uh, from writing from the beginning all the way through the getting people to see it. Is that correct? We do. And we have um, sister companies, partner, uh, companies we partner with that as we're transitioning more into the design, storyboarding, script writing, uh, the mm-hmm. messaging, setting, setting video goals that align with the business goals, uh, putting up that blueprint, that roadmap to success for them, then while our time gets tied into that, we send off to productions to another company and then another company, and then that company works with a video marketing company. So we have a a three-tier system that we collaborate with to make sure that if our expertise is strategy, that's what our time is spent on. Mm -hmm. Great. And you mentioned uh, stumbling blocks, so let's go there. What have been the the biggest challenges and stumbling blocks over the last? You said three years, boy. Uh, yeah. Get, yeah. What have been your biggest challenges? Um, I think the biggest challenge was trying to to keep everything organized and to uh, to really have an idea of where I was going. And a lot of times, I got caught doing things that different things in the business that wasn't making money or my time would be pulled in an area that took up way too much time. So I really had to to narrow my focus and realize that even if I have to use a little bit of credit to pay somebody to do something that uh, isn't worth my time in terms of my expertise, then I had to bite the bullet and hand that off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big and I part. Think that, I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and I think that a lot of businesses get caught in that, especially as a sole entrepreneur when you first start off, that you're doing everything, and it's really, really difficult because you've got the ideas, you've got everything up in your head that – communication can either fail or you're worried that they're not going to do as good a job as you are. So handing it off to somebody is really, really difficult. It is. At about 13 weeks, I usually sit down with clients and, and that's usually a big dip period for my, my one year projects. That's a fourth of the time into the year. Uh, overwhelms, things aren't quite clicking the way they are. And, and we look at things that are being done that, uh, are not productive and and try and focus on and what IPAs what I call them great beer um, income producing activities is are you spending time sitting on and and you can justify a lot of work on the internet as research and especially for writers and things like that but at a certain point 
uh, it's not bringing in income. It can be the beginnings of bringing in income. And then we also look at um, uh, delegating. Is, is you, are, you being, are you spending your time doing something that is not worth what you want to make? Can someone else do that less expensively, uh, or is it better to invest in that and put your time elsewhere and always balancing out if you had that time back? And put it toward this this backbone, this through line that's your business that's going to make you the money. How much further along would you be? But it's a it's a very standard thing to get into that that rut of trying to do everything. And exactly what you said, it's because no one can do it as well as I can. Well, in truth, they can. It's just letting it go and trusting it. And also, in some respect, I think you've got to lower your expectations a little. Not not not. Uh, jeopardize the quality, but if it's not quite as well done as you would do it, but it is still at a very high quality, um, you accept it and move forward as a trade-off to have that more have more time. So that's a pretty standard thing. Were there any moments that uh, you felt like you wanted to ditch the whole thing and, and that this was a huge mistake? Honestly, I don't think I did. Um, because after working at that other company for almost five years, I saw the frustration and I saw not just from, from me, but from my coworkers. And, and I knew immediately then that I would have a really hard time working for, for other people. Not that I'm a terrible employee or that, you know, I wasn't doing what they wanted. It's just my mindset that, I wanted to build something. I wanted to have the company go in a direction where people were excited to come to work. And as an employee, I wouldn't be able to do that. So where did, I think, I'm just curious. Go ahead. Where do you think that came from? Because you said there were only a couple of people in your family that were entrepreneurs, and you came through a program um, – but I, I, I guess I mean my experience in the in the film world and in film schools is, I think that breeds that sort of feeling because so many people come out of film schools and form companies of their own rather than going to work for. But like you said, unless there's there's nothing out there, um, then you go work for somebody else. But I, I know a lot of people who make that first attempt to form a company. Uh, successful, not successful. Let's get out and do our own thing. Is that is that uh, encouraged, or is that sort of what is uh, put forth in film schools? Uh, no, actually, we did not talk. From what I can remember, and if there's any listeners who also went to Columbia through the film department, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong. But. <laughs> I don't remember us talking about anything other than our portfolio. We'd work on projects, yeah. and here's your portfolio to work on film. Uh, video wasn't even discussed. Everything was film. The, the process is the same uh, across the board between the, the two, but I don't think we ever discussed anything from their portfolio center or even the entrepreneurship center. Before I got the internship, I didn't even know, knew it existed. Uh, it yeah. just happened to come across it from e- either a teacher or a colleague. I can't remember. But, um, no, I think that going through film and video, when you graduate, if you stay with the program and you graduate, you have an idea already of what you want to do.
want to be in. And for me, I always connected with um, a producer role, where somebody who looked at everything from uh, the full scope, not just the, you know, bordering more on the director, less on the writer, um, less of an editor, less of a cameraman. But I connected with seeing the, the full project through. And I think that's why the jump for me, I've never questioned it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's just the training and, and the different classes I took and what I connected with. It, it worked for me. It won't work for everybody. Um, but that's, I think, why I never felt like at the end of the day was I making a mistake, and, and I don't think I ever thought that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty pretty uh, normal in terms of the once somebody's made that leap to uh, be committed to it, there's that feeling of freedom, that feeling of doing your own thing. It's just not really something that is, is uh, bred into us in the Western education system where we are trained to go and work for other people. And it's a huge thing to overcome because you go through any school, whether it's an art school or, or a college or a graduate school or whatever, so much of it is geared toward a portfolio, a resume, um, and, and classes keeping your grades up because you're going to work for someone else. I do know that the, the, the Eastern education program values the entrepreneur and working for yourself and starting your own company and does a lot in their training to to encourage it and to prepare for it. Now, the Entrepreneur Center, thats you said that was a, a one-semester program or a one-year program? It was a one-year program, and unfortunately, they closed the, the center not long after I was done. Uh, why? I have no idea. I felt like... Was it something you did? <laughs> I hope not. I thought it turned out good work for them. (laughs) But, no, Um, I talked to somebody afterwards, and they said, um, you know, they were an intern in the same building, different area, and they said that the whole thing had closed. I'm not sure why. I felt like after I went through the internship and I started to see what entrepreneurship was, I felt like, finally, there's something out there for students who don't want to go the typical route, and especially in film, I, I didn't want to move to L.A. I, that never crossed my mind. I've got family yeah. here. I wanted to stay within a, you know, a, a six or seven hour drive, um, you know, from all of my family. So I felt like that was kind of a, um, a kick to the gut in terms of a former student who wanted different options that they, they closed that. And what did they teach in that over-the-year program? Uh, collaborate. It, a lot of it was collaboration, learning about um, talking to experts in areas you don't know. They would, like, I think it was every month or every two weeks they'd have a different expert where different businesses, former Columbia students who were forming their own businesses could work with this center to go through the steps of a business plan. They could talk to a banker. They could talk to a lawyer. They could talk to a marketing expert. So they had guidance while they were forming their business. Nice. Wonderful. Wow, that's a great, great uh, resource. I'm so sorry it's not there anymore. I know the Small Business Administration offers the same type of thing. I don't know any of the details on it, but it's it's a program where past 
business owners and, and or current business owners even volunteer their time to help with creating small businesses. Um, you ne- you mentioned networking events. Uh, are you still doing those, or have you reached a point where your word of mouth and other marketing tools are working better for you? I've kind of I stopped the the weekly one. I used to go yeah. to one in Lake all the time. Now that I'm living up in Palatine, I'm outside of the city. Uh, this is where my office is. That I, I don't make it into that one. But at the same time, my target market has shifted. I mm-hmm. became more kind in who I wanted to talk to and, and what businesses I felt I could help. So the, the little community, um, you know, the startups, the sole entrepreneurs, that's not a good fit for me anymore. So I'm branching out into more of the chambers, the, the ones that are um, some of the larger ones, the Small Business Expo, the, yeah. um, the, the ones that might have an event once or twice a year. Those are really where I spend my marketing money and my time, uh, even if I have to travel to attend some of yeah. those. That's where I like I get my best return. And what made you choose, choose Palatine? Uh, girlfriend lived in Arlington Heights and looking <laughs> okay. for a place. And <laughs> I, that's fair. You know, that's outside valid. Of, <laughs> outside that, of traveling for my job, whenever we wanted to spend time together, it was still another hour drive for one of us. So, um, yeah. and I and I think earlier on you asked about you know the family and and yeah. how that that had adjusted, and I think that while the first two years in business was a lot of trial and error. A lot of it also attributed to my personal life and the frustration I felt of not being around people I cared about as often as I could. And around the same time that we moved in together out here was the same time that my focus for the business really hit hard. And I felt like I was, I was seeing things differently than I had in the past. I was looking at it from a different perspective because part of my brain, uh, brain space is now freed up to focus on the creativity and less on uh, scheduling time to, to see people. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. And so how has your family been involved and girlfriend? Well, they're my biggest support. They, they have been from the beginning. I, when I told them I was planning on quitting my job, I mean, they saw how it, it had affected me. And mm-hmm. I loved my coworkers. I loved talking to them every day. But it was time. So they, they supported me through and through. Um, you know, I had a couple, a couple slow months early on where my parents were actually able to loan me money when the banks wouldn't, weren't able to, because I didn't have any business credit built up. So, but we treated it like a, like a normal business loan. I have payments every month. I have to give back to them. It's not like it was just a family handout, which I recommend to make sure even, even if, getting a loan from family, have it documented in, in payment plans. But, um, you know, my brothers, I got three brothers, and they all support me in different ways. Uh, Heather, my girlfriend, it has been great. She's in, uh, she's kind of my editor. Whenever I want to post content, she tells me if I'm uh, if what I'm saying makes sense or if it's lost. And, you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so a lot of times the way I write and the way I talk is very Yoda-ish, where <laughs> I try to get part of the subject, so I, uh, and I don't know why I fall into that when I do it, but she clears that part up for me. 
Our influences. Isn't it amazing? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife does things. But when I write something, I'll do it for and write for and, and things like that. And there is a a look that she gets on her face that she doesn't even have to say anything. I know that it needs to be looked at again, that it's not, it's <laughs> not. And she's very nice about it, but I've, I've seen this look for 25 years. So I know right away that this needs to go back to the drawing board, but yeah, I, I think this is a good point is the doing the family. If you do a loan or you do any sort of business with family um, to get a contract and, uh, or a, a legal document, or a, doesn't have to. You don't have to spend a lot of money on on uh, lawyers, but separating business and family is is huge because family members do want to help out, and that's wonderful. But in terms of just keeping it uh, professional, and and I don't think anybody ever would resent that. Uh, even I have a, a filmmaker friend who's working with a new producer and a little hesitant to ask him to look at a legal document to, to seal. And I know you deal with this. That's a whole different level, but the thought of not dealing with it with any sort of documentation is frightening. And it's, it's not so we're past the point. It doesn't mean that you don't trust them or we're past the point of a handshake being a man's word anymore. It's just that they're so complex and even in borrowing money, from family members, uh, getting land from family members, all of these things are uh, protective of both sides. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. It's something that has come up a number of times with my clients as to, oh, I feel bad about doing that because it's my family. And the, the way I always justify it or explain it is that it protects them as well. It's It's this sort of thing that it's it's not to say you don't trust them or that they don't trust you. It's just mutual respect for a uh, an agreement, and then making sure that everyone understands how that's going to be be uh, be handled. So wonderful! I'm glad that. So, what does this business represent to you? Uh, well, I don't have kids, so I guess this is my baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think with with Emblem, it was when I first started off the company, like I said before, I had kind of a, another company part-time with a business partner. So this was a fresh start for me. This was getting off running on my own where I was doing the same thing, but I wanted something that was representative of who I was. And I'm a big believer in, in everybody has their own essence, and, and I'm sure you probably teach that with your life coaching as well, um, but the the essence of somebody, who they are deep down, uh, more than just surface level, and how they contribute, and what affects them, and makes them who they are, and the word emblem just kind of fit for me. That's where mm-hmm. I felt I'm representing businesses. I'm helping them. I help them showcase and um, present them as who they are more than what they do, and it took me three years to kind of do the full circle to where I'm at now with the business, but the name is is probably even more significant today than it was when I first started. When you sit down with the business, how much time do you spend with them to get their essence? Mm, most time, if it's in person, I could pick it up pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. 
to see their their body language, what they say, how they say it. I would say within the first 20 minutes. Usually, yeah. uh, usually if it's on the phone, it's a little bit more difficult. But a lot of consultations are 30 minutes. It's it's more of asking the right questions and mm-hmm. kind of setting them up, answer in a way that you're expecting to to get the answer that you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you handle someone whose image of themselves is different from what they they are? If uh, how do you handle if they are conveying an image through their marketing materials that's different from sure. the image they would like to present? Uh, well, we would start with the business goals. I would find out if, if I feel like there's a disconnect, then immediately yeah. we jump to the business goals and find out all right, where do you want to go as a company, and what is your main goal? And if those aren't hashed out, then I wouldn't work with them right away. I'd say work with, you know, SCORE or another company that can mm-hmm. help you define your business goals. I'm not a business coach, um, right. so I would rather somebody else do that. But once they have their goals aligned, then we would talk about marketing and the marketing materials they're doing, how we can transition their, their message, their content to align more with their goals. And I think if their goals are not aligning, their, um, their business goals are not aligning to who they are, then marketing is a way to change that, that we can still market in a way that's a little different, that will still reach the end goal, but maybe it would require them to kind of step out of their comfort zone. They'd have to put some yeah. faith in that we're going to do a good job to to get them uh, seen the way that they want to be seen. Right. And um, you, you, I, I build you, – you're a media company. I keep saying AV, but do you do, uh, do, you do static like video uh, brochures, things like that, or is, does that pass to someone else in the process? It, it goes to another company. Yeah, it goes to another marketing. company we work with. Mm-hmm. We work with a lot of different uh, companies. We've got a few of them out there that, uh, you know, depending on what they're looking for, if, if they want social media, if that's part of the plan, then we yeah, got a company to send them to. If they want e- email marketing, same thing. If they want brochures, we got graphic designers. So that's all stuff we don't do in-house, but we have um, recommendations for, for companies that do a great job. Yeah, and that's valuable, knowing where your resources are that are going to hit at the same level of professionalism that you do. So it's Right. Yeah, I, I didn't think you did it all, but I didn't want to shortchange you by because media is such <laughs> a a broad term. I didn't want to, but uh, but you do have the resources there. So, what's your legacy? Why? Where do you? What do you want to leave behind with this company? I want I, I want videos that matter. I, I feel like more than anything, we're in a world of turmoil, you know, look at the political spectrum, look at everything that's going on mm-hmm. in the world. It's becoming negative. And my focus for videos is I teach a, a, a life messaging system, which is laughter, inspiration, fear, or empathy. And mm-hmm. when you're connecting on one of those four levels, you're reaching somebody uh, in their core. You're reaching them more than just top level. So my legacy is to to educate to where videos are no longer being looked at for three seconds and ignored because there's nothing to connect with people. There's nothing uplifting. Uh, 
most small businesses are afraid to try comedy. There's a lot of great actors out there, including you, you Errol, that um, yeah. that can really that can really elevate the message of a business. And, and I think that my focus is to bring more laughter and more inspiration into the video world, especially for small businesses that don't think they can do that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. It's it's something that the the feeling that there is a, a division between professional and humor is something that's that's been a lifelong struggle for for me i i used to teach uh um creativity in the the workplace in uh companies and i'd always do it in comedy clubs um because i wanted to break them out of the the boardroom and get them into an area where it was okay to laugh it was okay to relax but it was a huge struggle to get that down because it wasn't professional and and that the proper use of humor uh, is amazing but i love the the laughter inspiration fear and empathy you you that's your uh that's your creation huh it is that's what uh it took a long time to come up with a way to describe um how videos can work and and i think if you're connecting with people on one of those four levels that yeah. you look at what videos are working, what viral videos are working, and you know, viral is a, a loaded term that I don't always agree with, but the ones that people are sharing, you know, they are the comedies, they are the the inspiration, especially when it comes to animals, it comes to the elderly, um, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that really can't protect themselves. Um, that that don't have a voice the way that most of us do. Those are the ones that um, that get shared, that get publicity, that get uh, brand awareness. And you know, unfortunately, most businesses talk about themselves, or they have their CEO behind a desk talking about right. what their business does, and that doesn't connect the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's. There are too many videos that, well, I think that comes from a generational thing is they've come up to say that's the way the annual report has always been done. That's the way the keynote has already been, always been presented, and, and there's so many more creative ways of doing that. Uh, interesting. I've always I've always thought film should, commercial film, I always, and theater as well, that, that you, you do it for these certain re- reasons, educate to inspire, to move to action, and, and you've pretty much wrapped it up in those four, laughter, inspiration, fear, and empathy, because those are the key um, key emotions that, that drive us forward. So lovely. Um, so what's next for your business? Where's your next big growth area? Uh, well, we're excited in the beginning of next year. We're launching our uh, beta version of our membership site, so all of these resources, the, the life messaging templates that we use, all of the areas of production that most businesses don't, uh, that, that they aren't educated on, um, that will be available for, for small businesses. And what I mean by that is you look at the typical video life cycle and a business says, I want a video. They contact a company or a freelancer or student. That person shows up with a camera. Either they edit it or they hand it off, and then they're done. That's 99% of the, the projects out there. 
and it's no fault of the business. They're just not educated on what happens or what should be happening before a camera is even picked up Mm -hmm. or what happens after the project is done. So that's what my membership site will be. It will be a resource, a, a content library for businesses to see what goes on behind the scenes and how they can do, if they want to shoot videos themselves, how they can do it in a way that will connect with people. Wonderful. Wow. Beautiful. Constantly building, constantly moving forward. Are you a one-man office or do you have employees now? I'm one man in this office, but I have uh, a few part-time. My board members um, do part-time work with me. I had mm-hmm. an intern in the summer before football started. I work with a lot of the uh, local high school kids. There's a, an entrepreneurship program through Hersey where I'm a, a mentor coach where I help help these students that are in our junior or senior in high school that are working on a project to build their own company. Wow. Um, so when we go through that program and uh, – some of the students will come in and intern with me to to get more hands-on marketing experience. Wow, very, very good. Um, So where do people find you and keep up with the progress and find out about the membership? Uh, Well, they can – the easiest way is to email us, info at emblemmediainc.com, because we we are out of the office a lot, and, you know, I've got a few part-time workers who are always around the phone. Uh, Email is definitely the best way. So that's Great. info at emblem, E-M-B-L-E-M, media, inc, I-N-C, dot com. Right, and I'll have that available. If anyone uh, is listening to this and didn't get that in the live broadcast, just email me, errol.mclinden at gmail.com. I have, I'm in constant contact with Brian. I'm always calling him at the last minute saying, I've got this. <laughs> Can you grab your camera and meet me at a appliance store? It's some strange thing. I appreciate it. With all the other things you're doing, Brian, I really appreciate these little <laughs> no things you've done for me. Uh, but um, great. And the membership site is up, or is it uh, – it will be up? We're in development right now. We're, we're working out uh, hosting and how we're going to set it up, and we're building content. So we kind of took off the last quarter of um, paid projects. We had, we had a few we got to finish, but – for the most part, we're we're taking a, a loss in quarter four to make sure that we have enough content available for the membership. So it should be live. Uh, I'm hoping the end of January. Great, great, great way to start the year. Um, so lovely. We will we will keep uh, that up, and I'm sure it'll be on Facebook and and around. Let me know the information on that when you. Uh, when that goes live, and I'll get that out to yep. uh, my Facebook community, my coaching community, and because uh, uh, my folks are, especially my entrepreneurs, are going to be in the next few months soon. A lot of them will be in the market for for some sort of identity and getting their message and their, their images out there. So uh, definitely we'll get them in touch with you. So, awesome. Brian, you have uh, you've been through three years of this. You survived it. You're still alive. You're still uh, <laughs> you're still kicking. You have uh, all this spare time to come on my radio show. I really appreciate it. But if you had to give uh, one bit of advice to new business owners, people about to make a leap, people standing on that, as I say, edge of the cliff, waiting to 
push themselves over, have someone push them over, um, what would your one bit of advice is now the the sage expert as Yoda uh, for these uh, young Luke Skywalkers? What would you tell them as one bit of advice? I would I would say that starting your business a lot of times is, and I know you'll connect with the, the medical field. It's yeah. a lot like you'll have multiple mental illnesses, and I say that jokingly because. I know there there are mental illnesses that um, you know people cope with every day, but yeah. sometimes you'll feel bipolar when you're jumping from one project to another, going from accounting to sales to marketing to product development, and that's all in one day or one hour. So mm-hmm. your brain will have to be constantly switching from one thing to another. Uh, there are ti- times when you talk to clients or potential clients where you feel like you have Tourette's, you just want to swear at them and you have to hold back. <laughs> Um, there are times <laughs> we've all been there. We, we will we've been there. there. We live it that <laughs> once a week. Yes. Um, you'll feel depressed at times. You'll feel anxiety at times. There's um, a lot of different emotions that'll pop up when you're starting your business. But having fresh eyes and a fresh mind and having support from people around you is the best medicine. And, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but having someone to to help you nobody can get there by themselves I mean uh, Steve Jobs and uh, you know all of these uh, Sir Richard Branson all of these big figures where it, they're the face or the voice of their company they may be but they didn't get there by themselves they've had help right. and so I would say don't be afraid to ask for help when you feel like you've got that mental illness seeking in um, that the the best way to get around that is to uh, to have a supporting cast around you yeah yeah I I strongly encourage people to do that admit your weaknesses and find people who can can fill those gaps and I've always um, there's always that feeling that oh I'm I'm should be doing this on my own well you can do for those other people. There are areas that you're strong in. It's a nice trade-off a lot of times because a lot of my uh, my group feel very uh, selfish by asking for help. They, they're self-sufficient. They want to do it on their own. They don't want to burden anyone with it, and I think that's kind of a normal, uh, normal emotion to feel as you're starting your business, uh, especially if you're – You've, you've got a very supportive family. Some of my uh, clients have people who look at the, these entrepreneurs and say, why are you doing this? This is Why don't you just go get a job? So there's a, immediately a built-in feeling of defensiveness, and I'm not going to go to anybody else for help because it indicates I didn't, I'm not prepared to do this. But you can do for other people. It's a trade-off, and it's not a scorekeeping thing. It's, it's you know, you you help me here, I'm going to help you there. So people, no one is entirely self-sufficient. Uh, just a quick question, because I'm always curious about this. You've mentioned mm-hmm. it briefly about how you you're doing all these things sometimes within an hour. How do you organize your day? Uh. <laughs> or, do you, or do you organize your day? Is it, just, is it just whatever the next fire is? I don't know. Waiting for Errol to call and say, I need you to do this for me this afternoon. What, how do it's you, different uh, every day. Yeah. 
That's a good it, answer. It's different. I, I set up, I try to set up my calendar to where I have specific office days. I know if I have a project, um, if I can get a, a client meeting in the same area if I'm driving anyways, then I try to do that. But if I have set office days, then I'm focused only on office things, which is strategy for my business, uh, marketing materials, writing content, uh, basic accounting. You know, I, I've got an accountant I send things to you know, once a quarter to make sure things are on track and we're paying you know, payroll and quarterlies and, and all the things that I don't totally understand but I know I have to have done. Um, but I try to set it up based on location. So if I'm at yeah. the office, I'm working only on office things. If I'm at a client, then I block out a half a day before going to a shoot so I make sure batteries are charged and, you know, cards are prepped and uh, folders are ready to go on the computer so I can have the fastest turnaround for them um, to get their marketing materials out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a... I, uh, that's a constant sh- struggle with me is is seeing people in areas trying to do everything in one stop and 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 it's also I think a huge entrepreneurial thing of having a day dedicated to the office or a day get dedicated to errands, a day dedicated yep. to to and so you can get in your mindset for that specific day. It never lasts very long because you do get that call or you get the you're at the mercy of a uh, of mm-hmm. surprises and that's something to deal with, but at least starting from that structure. Uh, I used to do that, uh, really specifically have office days and uh, have days that I specifically worked on the acting, days I specifically worked on the, the medical school stuff. Um, it's it shifted a little right now, but it's a very valid way of structuring uh, life. But when I, when you're running a business, you are everything, and, and the Putting out fires is not the way to do it, but the but having a structure on it. So, Brian, again, your company is Emblem Media Inc., mm-hmm. right? Your yep. website is emblemmediainc.com? Emblemmedia.com, yep. Great. Uh, does it matter if you capitalize Emblem and Media, or, or does it get you there anyway? No, I, I capitalize the, the EMI in the start of each word just to make it easier in a browser to see because you got yeah. two M's bordered together with emblem and media. Yeah, that would yeah, that lends toward that. What word is that type of thing? Uh and email yep. is info at emblemmediainc.com. Boy, you made that really easy. So great. So I I will <laughs> hey, that's uh branding. That's branding. Yeah, right it there. is. It is. Making it simple, simple, making it idiot proof. I love it. Um so <laughs> Brian, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. I'm very, I'm always very curious as to people who are brave enough to launch out on your own, and it does sound like you had a nice way of sort of balancing, easing out, and easing into your company, and I'm, I'm glad things are going so well. I had no idea, to tell you the truth, how how uh, successful or how large this is This is I mean I know a lot of people who've come out of film schools and done a variety of things. It really feels like it hit for you, and I, I really uh, am very excited about what you're, what's coming up in the future. It's definitely needed. Uh, the corporate mind isn't always the most creative mind, and 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 sometimes they're so close to their business and have been for years. They they need someone to ask them to step back and take a look at it in a broader sense. Um, 
so wonderful. Thanks again. Um, I will be in touch, I'm sure, for the next crazy project I have. But again, <laughs> if you have any um, projects or you're starting a company for my, my leapers out there um, and have reached that point where you need an image, you need someone to help you take hold of that and decide who you are and make sure that who you are is getting translated across the the networks and the airwaves to uh, people. The quality is wonderful with Brian. Uh, And I will be ending my broadcast now and making room for someone else. I thank everyone who has been uh, in contact with me and who has listened over the the six months that I've been on the air. Uh, Again, if you would like to contact me with questions, comments, uh, or you want to talk for a couple of hours, and yes, I did say a couple of hours on your business project, your ideas, uh, free of charge. I won't sell you a video because I don't have a video. I won't try and sell you a book. I don't have a book. I'm not looking for clients. But I love talking to people about their projects and their ideas and help coach you through to the point where you can either make the leap or, leap or get over roadblocks or potholes that you may be having in your current uh, project. Uh, so thanks again, Brian. Have a lovely hey, day. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Wonderful talking to you. And now I know exactly what you do. Um, <laughs> and I will be signing off. Thanks everyone for your support. And I will be around. Hey. Okay. <laughs>